Everybody's Talking with T, the talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage the community is on. Greetings, my good people. You're tuned in to Talking with T, the show designed with your interest in mind. We hit the roof with the truth and the floor with much more of what you need to know to stay engaged, educated, and empowered. This is January 16th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, Debbie Allen, Gone Too Soon R&B singer Aaliyah, Smooth Crooning Sade, Boxer Roy Jones Jr., Actor Richard T. Jones, and Legendary Beauty Eartha Kitt. This is also the day that we remember Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., famous Baptist minister, orator, and civil rights activist. Dr. King advanced causes of African Americans through uniting people around peaceful protest and encouraging equal rights and justice for all. His legacy lives through the voices of each generation as we continue to strive toward turning dreams of equality into reality. On this date in 1986, a bronze bust of Dr. King becomes the first of any African American to be placed in the Capitol. Also on this date in history, on January 16, 1978, NASA names three black astronauts, Major Frederick D. Gregory, Major Gillian S. Bluford, and Dr. Ronald McNair. On this date in 1974, boxing champion Muhammad Ali is named the Associated Press Athlete of the Year. On this date in 1941, the first Army Air Corps squadron of black combat pilots was formed, better known as the Tuskegee Airmen. I have to give a great big shout out to the beautiful pink and green wearing pearl sporting ladies of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Yesterday was celebrated as Founders Day of my lovely Alpha Kappa Alpha sisters, the first African-American sorority founded on January 15, 1908, on the campus of Howard University by Ethel Hedgeman Lyle. Let's turn our attention to our happy highlights. For the first time in history, an African-American woman will be minted on a 24-karat gold coin. The 2017 American Liberty High Relief Gold Coin will commemorate the 225th anniversary of the U.S. Mint. Lady Liberty on the coin has hair with twists and the obvious features of an African-American woman. It is the first in a series of coins that will feature Lady Liberty in diverse ways to include an American Indian, an Hispanic American, and an Asian American. This month's theme is Don't Drop the Ball. You are reminded to pull your weight, do what you say you're going to do, and stick to the plan. If you have made plans or goals toward making some sort of progress in your life, stay the course and don't drop the ball. Now it's time for the newest contributor of the Talking with TT, Tipping Not Tripping, Tips from Tarika. Hello, this week's tip is make it right. This week I ran across a quote 
by Shannon Sadler that I really like. And it kind of reminded me of the theme for the month, Don't Drop the Ball. It reads like this. Sometimes you only get one chance to rewrite the quality of the character you played in a person's life story. Never let the world read the wrong version of you. With that being said, there are some things that we all can admit that we have done or some things that we have said to people that we probably shouldn't have said or probably shouldn't have done. If you have laid hands on someone or if you have said some things to someone or even participated in something that may have hurt someone, I challenge you to think about that. I challenge you to look at yourself and do a self-check or self-evaluation of, hmm, I wonder if this has anything to do with this look I'm having. And it may not be bad look, it just may be look that just kind of just stays the same. You never see any kind of progress in what you're doing. Uh, once you have checked that and kind of, hmm, figured out it, where it might could be an issue or what it could be that's holding you back, I challenge you this week to go back. And I'll bet you, you can watch and see how things in your life turn around. I challenge you this week to make it right. This is a tip straight from my lips, and I've been talking with T. You're inside talking with T. And now it's time for our Monday Minute Quick Bits and our review of Trending News with the know-it-all Professor Jay and our top investigator, most often instigator T.I. Pam, and I want to welcome the both of them to today's show. So, I've listened with much of America to President Obama's farewell speech and thought about the grace, the poise, and the flat-out swag that we have had in the White House for the past eight years. I'm going to miss him. And in some ways, I'm glad that he's going to get some relief and peace from being the first African-American president. He's had a lot against him, had a lot, I'm sure, of stress of holding that position and trying to get some things done with one hand tied behind his back. But I thought, as always, he was eloquent in his speech and did a great job. Uh, yes, indeed, most definitely. And uh, yes, indeed, uh, I, along with many other Americans, are certainly going to miss uh, President Obama and First Lady Michelle and Sasha Malia being in the White House. I think they breathed a breath of fresh air into the presidency. So, you know, we can hold on to the eight years that we've had with them as we try to wrap our minds around changing of the God, if you will. And that's all I got to say. All right. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to be sad because I'm not going to even acknowledge that that man with the D word is the president now. I'm just like, like Obama's still my president. Probably moved to wherever him and Michelle reside and just be like, hey, Michelle. Hey, Barack. <laughs> Hey, what's the dog's name? Hey, Bo. Is his name Bo? I think so. Hey, Bo. Don't bite me. Didn't Bo bite somebody? Well, Jay, since you brought it up, and Pam, you did as well in so many words. Let's just move on really quickly and speak about Donald Trump and his appointments and his promises and not too much, but Donald Trump still insists that Mexico is paying for the wall that he promised during his campaign. 
But the Mexican president insists that Mexico is not paying for Trump's wall. So that seems to be the question of the hour. Who's going to pay for the wall? And I know last week we had mentioned that there was some governor who had offered some free labor from his prison inmates as far as building this wall. So I don't know when they plan to begin construction on this and who's going to pay for it, but Donald Trump is not backing down from that promise. Also, speaking of Trump, people are speaking out against Trump's nomination of Jeff Sessions as Attorney General. And this appointment may be the most controversial so far since he is another Trump choice that has been accused of blatant racism. Well, like I said on the page, I believe it was on the page, or I did, was in our conversations we were preparing for today's show, Donald Trump and his appointments are running low, and I reiterate again that it seems as if the whole presidential campaign and now the subsequent election and all of these appointments I feel like we're watching a circus. And in the words of Keisha Cole, I just want to see you over. <laughs> well, speaking of circus, since you brought that up, I will say that Ringling Brothers Circus is now set to close after 146 years of performing as the greatest show on earth. So perhaps as a replacement, Donald Trump and his team plan to entertain the masses with the greatest show on earth. Coming soon, and what is the inauguration date, Jay? January 20th. Oh. <laughs> he said he did say, say it slow and sadly. Well, moving on, Dylan Bruce, shooter in the massacre that killed nine people in a Charleston church, was sentenced to death. So I know we're all delighted about that justice for those that believe in the death penalty. And even those that don't, I believe that they're okay with this man who went in and massacred uh, these nine people in their church and their Bible study. Right. I believe justice has indeed been served in this instance uh, because so many innocent lives were lost in a place where, you know, you would think is a safe space and would be welcoming that you had a guy who, for whatever reason, decided to take out people who were there worshiping and praising God. And even after he sat through part of the service, it just seemed very heartless for him to turn around and do that, particularly for a group of people who welcomed him. But at any rate, I'm glad to see that he did not escape this whole crime unscathed, even though he attempted to represent himself and X, Y, and Z and first, second, and third. So... Like many people, my prayers are still with the families of those who lost their lives uh, at Mother Emanuel AME. Well said, Jay. Our next quick bit is Principal of the Year Matthew Lindsay out of Missouri. He's been charged with statutory rape dating back nearly 20 years. And once again, we have another person who's a an authority figure and also another person who is in a school system that is taking advantage of their position and influence to commit these types of crimes against our children. You may have seen this recently in the news. A Kentucky woman is shot by police after killing her husband and two teenage daughters. And so the community, of course, is quite disturbed by this act. I'm not sure what happens to someone that brings them to the point where they are willing to kill their own children. 
but this happened this past week and we got a lot of prayers that we need to send out over the country because like you said it's a lot going on and a lot of people are suffering at the hands of violence and hatred mental illness and a variety of things that that are really just causing sorrow in the lives of many families and people are not happy about Biloxi, Mississippi. They decided to call Martin Luther King Day, which is the day we are celebrating today, as Great American Day. Now, who gave them the idea or the right to decide that they're just going to change the name of a national holiday? I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that, too. You know, they may justify it by saying, yes, Dr. King is a great American. And so, therefore, we're changing the name of the holiday. But, you know, this is a day that has been set aside specifically to honor his birth. What if we change the name of all the presidential holidays? What if we change the name of President's Day to Great American Day, the remix? So, <laughs> what, if we, what if we change the Lover's Day to, I really didn't find it, that black man on the boat did, day? <laughs> <laughs> right. And, I get you. And again, I, and, and, and it, it may sound like we're being flippant, and it may sound like we're dismissing the whole notion of changing the name of this holiday. But when you change the name of something, you run the risk of diminishing its importance. And I think that Dr. King has made a very uh, great impact on our nation, whether you know you agree with him, agree with his philosophies or not. And I think that by changing the name again, you're diminishing his role in history, which I think is what is what the people of Biloxi had in their minds when they decided they wanted to change it to Great American Day. So, okay, and, and were there no African Americans on this uh, board that voted on this? I mean, did they just let them just, I'm not understanding who approved this and why they were are going for it. Well, it seems like they kind of did it on the sly, and they have received a lot of heat, and I don't think it's going to go over. So I'm not sure if it was just something under consideration and people were just upset at the audacity that they even brought it up. But I don't think that it was something that they had a lot of voices at the table to decide, okay, yeah, well, instead of just singling out the accomplishments of this one man, we want to acknowledge him as a great American, which is too inclusive to me of other people. And like you said, exactly. we want to preserve the legacy that he left. And it's more than a man. It's symbolic of a time and a whole period in which African-Americans made some great strides. And it's a time when there were people, and I said this earlier on the show, who decided to unite against causes that were affecting African-Americans at the time. So I think it needs to remain as it is, and we need to carry on. Three Cleveland police officers are facing administrative charges following an internal investigation into the death of 12-year-old Tamir Rice, who was shot and killed by police while carrying a toy gun in November of 2014. And so I guess my thought on that is better late than never. I'm starting to see some of these names back in the news that had received some type of, I don't know, violence or death at the hands of police officers and kind of wondered what was going on with the cases. But I guess it takes some time 
And I'm glad to see that everybody is not escaping punishment for some of the police brutality and things that have gone on against our young African-American males. So speaking of inappropriate police behaviors, Lawrence Crosby was violently detained after being accused of stealing a car. That, in fact, was his. Now, Crosby is a student at Northwestern University where he is currently completing his doctoral degree in civil engineering. And this story really ticked me off because I was thinking, why can't they just let our black men be great? And in particular, this young man who was doing the right thing, you know, he's working on his doctorate and not bothering anybody, doesn't have a criminal history, and he is now arrested and beaten by the police for stealing a car that is his, and they wouldn't allow him to even show proof that the car was his before they did that. And so I've shared on the website, www.talkingwitht.com, the link to this story so that, you should connect, so that you can actually see the video. And I don't think it matters if you're African-American or of another race. You will see that something like this is really just uncalled for and unjust. As a doctoral student and as an educated black man, I, I feel some type of way. Right. I understand. I understand. Well, a Tennessee lawmaker has proposed a bill that will not allow food stamps to be used for any item that does not have nutritional value. And I'm really curious as to what you think about this proposed bill. I'm curious about what our listeners out there think. So you are welcome to comment on my social media outlets or to call in to 865-409-1170 and talk with T. But had you two heard of this bill? I have. And I'm really interested to hear what our listeners have to think. Uh, it was quite the topic of discussion down here in Memphis because mm -hmm. some of the local uh, news media outlets interviewed people at the grocery store and many of them were saying, well, you know, how come we just can't buy what we need to buy in order to feed our family? You know, buying healthy food is, in fact, expensive to where, to the point where we may not be able to actually afford it even with our food stamps, so we have to do the best we can with what we're given. And others have agreed with this bill. You know, why are we allowing people to buy hot Cheetos and all such as that on food stamps? And uh, it in turn has an adverse effect on the health of our children. So it, it's been quite the topic of discussion on this end of the state. And they, um, you know, besides the, the snacks and the Cokes and the cookies and all that stuff that they don't want you to buy, they, you know, they want you not to be able to buy, like, steaks and shrimps and things like that, but I personally think people should be able to buy what, what they want to buy because, like Jay said, healthy foods are way more expensive. If they want people to eat healthier, then maybe the healthy food should be, be cheaper. Right. right. And I went I went grocery shopping the uh, afternoon before we, uh, we recorded the show, and just for me alone, my grocery bill was ridiculous, and mm -hmm. it's not that you know, I try to eat unhealthily because getting older, you know, I have to kind of be mindful of what I can and cannot eat and uh, the genetic disposition that I have in my family to high blood pressure and diabetes. You know, I can't eat like perhaps I did when I was in my teens. So, you know, I try to be mindful of the things that I buy at the grocery store. And as I said and as Pam agreed, eating healthy even for one person can 
pretty much sets you back several hundreds of dollars if you're not careful. So I can just imagine what those people who have to feed a family have to endure and have to go through because I'm just one person and right. I got mad sticker shots in the uh, checkout line <laughs> of the program. Hey, I understand. I'm telling you, I come to the line sometimes and I leave with a bag that I can carry with my pinky and the bill is well over $50 and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. So I have a couple of thoughts. One is the money that they would have to invest in a system that each time you run something up would determine whether it was something that was allowed under the program or not. So you've got to determine whether I'm buying a Coke or I'm buying juice or whatnot, you know. So it seems like the money that they would have to invest in that system might be expensive. I'm not sure if that would be worth what they're trying to achieve. The other thing is maybe there, if they do have the means to do that, maybe there's a happy medium. Maybe there's a certain allotment that can be spent on treats is what I would call it. Because I don't think it's fair, you know, for a kid that's born into a family that's having some financial difficulties to be limited on, you know, some things that we consider as treats or desserts, nor do I think that they should be limited, Pam, like you said, on the type of meat that they eat. It's like we are trying to really classify them into a system where we're saying you're not able to make a conscious decision for yourself. I have the freedom to make the choices whether I want to eat healthy or not, and I don't think we should take that right from people just because they're economically disadvantaged. But like you said, they will follow it because the bill's on the table, and we'll see what happens with that. So for the past couple of weeks, we've discussed the growing acts of violence among our youth. And this past week, it was reported that a group of 16 girls beat a woman, stole her phone, on a New York subway after the woman shook her head in disapproval of them. Now, that's a bit scary because, you know, those of us who are as seasoned as I am or more have a tendency sometimes to forget to mask the expressions on our faces when we see young people doing things that we know are not appropriate. And this woman simply shook her head. The woman was punched. She was kicked in the head. And this is horrific. I'm growing really weary of these behaviors that our youth are participating in and that are a detriment to their character and their futures. You know, I don't know why they think it's all fun and games. It's entertainment in their teen years because it's going to come back to bite them. And, Pam, I think you just said that there's no time limit on karma. But not only that, it fuels the negative stereotypes and perceptions of our young black teens when they're actually quite a number of them that are on the right track and trying to do the right thing. That is true, and I was thinking as you were talking about this particular story, growing up in the era that, you know, we came up in, if we were acting out and an adult visibly, whether consciously or subconsciously, showed his or her disapproval to what we were doing, we would at least get some act right in the presence of that adult. Right. And once we got into our own space, you know, it was fair game. Because, you know, you never know who's watching. My parents and I and several of others of us often talk about how, you know, where you cut up with what you were dealt with. And woe unto you if one of your parents' friends or another relative saw you cutting a fool in a public place because inevitably that story was going to beat you home. 
Before you mm-hmm. got home, your mom and daddy were, were going to get wind that you acting a fool, you know, in the mall, on the train. And so not, that neighbor or that individual may not have said anything to you right then and there. But, oh, please believe, when you got home, it was a wrap. It was curtains for you. So, you know, I'm just shocked and amazed that these young people were acting as big of a fool as they were on this train because the woman visibly showed her disapproval of their actions. Hate to think that all of them got to the house and nothing was said, nothing was done. Well, I will say at the time that I read the story that they had not yet caught up with the six girls who had committed this crime. So they are still actively looking for them. They have them on video, and that video is linked to on the web page as well, but they hadn't actually caught up with the girls. So at this time, maybe the family doesn't know. Of course, if they happen to stumble across the video, they would see who those girls were, but at this time, nobody's recorded them or their names or anything. Well, trending in our news, and at the time of this conversation, the manhunt is still underway for Marquise Lloyd, who killed Master Sergeant Deborah Clayton, who confronted him outside of an Orlando Walmart. And Sergeant Clayton and Lloyd had exchanged gunfire, but police believe that Lloyd may have been wearing a bulletproof vest. Witnesses say that Lloyd continued shooting Sergeant Clayton even as she lay on the ground. And additionally, a second officer was killed in a car wreck while searching for him. Now, Marquise Lloyd was originally on the run after being accused of killing his pregnant ex-girlfriend. So he's, of course, deemed as dangerous and, of course, violent. And the manhunt is underway, and I'd hate to see what happens if the police actually catch up with him. Another ex-girlfriend has been arrested for helping to collect money for him, and two others were arrested for assisting the fugitive as well. I believe it was an employer and a niece. So. This guy is just causing all kind of havoc, and I hope they catch him soon. And I don't know really? why they just didn't turn him in and get the 100000 reward. But the right. other question is, why do me and this man have mutual Facebook friends? <laughs> I told you, Pam, to go through and look at the company you keep and do some <laughs> purging in 2017. And I think uh, after you drew my attention to it, that he was actually on Facebook after he had committed these crimes, and you had people who were encouraging him to turn himself in, but you also had others that were kind of applauding him and cheering him on. And again, it just makes you think, what is the world coming to? What is going through the hearts and minds of these people? What kind of lives have they lived? Yeah, you alluded to home lives or whatnot, environment, I don't know. But how could you cheer on a man who is doing this? I think what it was, they were questioning if he really killed the ex-girlfriend, if he really killed this officer. They, You know, everybody has a theory of what happened. Looking back over his videos of him and the girl, that he, the ex that he killed, they stated that she told him that the baby wasn't his. He came over there. Him and her brother got into an altercation, a shootout, and she happened to get hit. But they're saying that they think that the brother's bullet is the one that killed her. But with him okay. running, getting scared, you know, they, you know, they put it on him. And then with the officer, they were saying that why would he go to a Walmart in broad daylight on the run and, you know, get to an officer? There's so many different, 
different theories, you know, they were saying, where are the cameras? Walmart has all these cameras. They haven't put up no, you know, surveillance or anything showing that it was him. You know, people, you know, and if he's not guilty, that's what some people are saying. If you're not guilty and you think you're, you know you're not guilty, then turn yourself in and, you know, but it seems like they've already, you know, convicted him because, you know, once you kill an officer, that, that's a pretty much a wrap. Or once they even think you killed an officer. And there's two officers at that. Yeah, yeah two officers. Well, now, I want to say that there was some type of video and multiple witnesses at this scene at the Walmart. So I think we're pretty sure. Now, I don't know about the ex-girlfriend, and I could see mm-hmm. where those details may be sketchy, but I think we're pretty sure that it was at the Walmart. At the Walmart, you know. Yeah, so. but you, but you, but I don't know. Why would you go to Walmart in broad daylight and you're already wanted? How did he even get, how is he even posting on Facebook? Facebook sends, sends me stuff all the time saying, we know your location. How was he even posted after he allegedly killed his ex-girlfriend to make posted videos? He was live, doing live videos. Well, Cam, we know, both of us, and we see it every day. We know it, Jay knows it, anybody listening to the snow knows that there are people who use social media. There's no test that says you have to be wrapped too tight in order to set up a Facebook account or Instagram or anything else. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to say that topic for another show because we're going to talk about social media etiquette and, and some social media rules that we would like to encourage people to follow. You know, everybody ain't going to listen, but we, at least we would have done our part. I'm just saying right. we're not wrapped too tight. It's about like kids who filmed themselves live last week beating a disabled person. You just sit and think, what could they have been thinking? But like I told my good friend, you really can't reason with a crazy person. Because if you can, then you might be on the edge of crazy yourself. So some things and some things that people do, I don't think we just need to understand. And then like uh, they say, God takes care of what? Fools and babies. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's your adage. <laughs> I don't know where you're trying to go with that, Pam. We're going to move on to the next story. Uh, a few people are upset with Steve Harvey for his meeting with Donald Trump and Ben Carson, in which it appears he has agreed to work with him to improve the inner city. Now, I've heard a lot of opinions on both sides of the fence, where some people feel that we need someone on the inside to keep tabs on Trump, while others feel that we should not align ourselves with the enemy. I read one comment that we need someone in the lion's den while others are calling Steve a sellout. So, again, this is another topic that we are curious about as far as what our listeners are thinking. And meanwhile, Donald Trump is taking a lot of heat for criticizing African-American state representative and civil rights icon John Lewis, who stated that he didn't see Trump as a legitimate president. In response, Trump said, and I quote, Congressman John Lewis should spend more time on fixing and helping his district, which is in horrible shape and falling apart, not to mention crime infested, rather than falsely complaining about the election results. All talk, 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 no actions or results said. That's what Trump said. And to top it off, it was said earlier that Trump was scheduled to visit the National African American Museum on MLK Day today, and he has since canceled that visit. So we haven't even reached January 20th. And the scandals, the backlash, the controversy, 
is already overwhelming. And he doesn't officially have the power of the pen yet. But I do know that uh, several lawmakers and others have vowed to boycott the inauguration. And I guess there's a growing list of that right now. But based on his attack on John Lewis, who's well-respected, people are disagreeing with him. And I understand that his approval rating actually has fallen quite sharply since the election itself. Yeah, and John Lewis is a veteran uh, in the civil rights movement. So as we like to say down here, Donald Trump don't want those problems. I, I claim he doesn't. And here's my thing. Here's my thing. Every sort of opinion that he wishes to render has been on Twitter. I'm really growing tired of his Twitter rants, even though I don't follow him on Twitter. So, you know, again, I, I don't have the luxury, and I put that in air quotes, of having him pop up on my Twitter feed. Thank God. But, you know, <laughs> if, 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 every, if every communication is going to be given through Twitter, and he uses Twitter as his place to pout every time somebody disagrees with him or something happens that he does not necessarily like, I think this speaks to his level of maturity and his fitness to be our president or their president or whatever other pronoun you want to <laughs> to describe his presidency uh, or whatever you want to call the next possibly four years. Keep your mouth off of Atlanta, and even Georgia in general, because I would hate for the population of Atlanta to roll up to Washington, D.C., and <laughs> it'll be a real crucial situation. And speaking of Steve Harvey, you know, I've listened to his show, you know, in the morning, you know, after, you know, doing the whole presidency, you know, the, when they were um, voting and trying to get people to vote and going through these different things, he was so against Trump. So I'm not exactly sure what Trump told him to make him want to come and meet with him because I didn't, I didn't see that coming at all. Mm-hmm. And as we know, D.L. Heasley was quite ticked off at that meeting and had a very graphic video with some very choice words on how he felt about that. So I can't actually get into all of that on the show, but I did post a link to that video as well. And you can find that under today's show. Again, that's www.talkingwitht.com. And why isn't he meeting with known advocates for, you know, civil rights and known advocates for, you know, Black Lives Matter or different organizations? He's meeting with people that, you know, like Ray Lewis and Jim Brown and Steve Harvey. Now, Jim Brown was a big advocate. You know, he was already always in his RBG, you know, clothes or whatever. But when he met with Donald Trump, he had none of that on. Not his signature, <laughs> you know, RBG hat or his bracelet. He wore it, wore it 24-7. But when he met with him, he didn't have it on. So, And then Ray Lewis, uh, yeah. Edward Scissorhands, why is he there? He's like <laughs> Superman. Okay, I'm done. Okay, okay. Well, now oh, we know you? what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me change the topic really quickly. Last week, Professor Jay shared some insights on the Kim Burrell controversy and part of which includes the fact that Kim Burrell condemned Bishop Eddie Long and accused him of having AIDS. Well, this week, 
Bishop Long died of what was reported to be an aggressive form of cancer. Now, Bishop Long's appearance drastically declined, which he first attributed to some new diet. What was it? Raw fruits and vegetables or whatever. And then right. recently I saw that he had stated um, that God had healed him. So, of course, there's a lot of speculation of, around this, but we do still offer condolences to his family. You know, there's been a lot of controversy around Bishop Long for a while. And that is true. And as I was telling one of my friends earlier, it seems as if we had forgotten about everything, all the controversy surrounding Bishop Long until he made his recent appearance talking about how he was on a vegan diet. And we mm-hmm. kind of, again, forgot about, forgot about the controversy shortly after that until the Timberwell incident. Uh, and now, you know, there are some who are saying that perhaps Timberwell was right in what she said, and there are others who are saying that Eddie Long's death is a sign of God's judgment, which I, of course, totally don't necessarily agree with, but I think it all boils down to the fact that someone's father, a an entire church, has lost their pastor. A wife has lost her husband. So at this point, as believers, as people of faith, our, our energy should be more so directed toward praying for his children, his wife, his church family, as they've had to endure this transition and of course even given his condition of cancer or whatever it may be you know like i said our our prayers are certainly with his wife of vanessa long the children and the new birth missionary baptist church family of atlanta and the thousands of people who were supporters of his ministry and even those who may have speculations and who may not necessarily agree with everything that how things have happened and how things have transpired as far as Bishop Long and the controversy surrounding him. You know, I think, again, we need to pray. Man, I can't even say nothing bad about Bishop Eddie Long's stroke now after that. I know. Oh, you just kind of... <laughs> what, what did she say? Pam, uh, I'm moving on to the crazy yeah, I, had, I had a whole, I had a whole commentary, but you know what? Jay just done, Gave the uh, hallelujah moment, so I can't say nothing. But I will go on talkingwitht.com and give my insight on it, though. So <laughs> you want to see if you want to see what I was gonna say before I got the Holy Ghost over here, then then go to talking with T because I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on there. You go. All right, y'all. Y'all heard it. I'm a little afraid, but I will not censor what she has to say. So uh, you <laughs> listeners. As well as myself, I guess, we'll, we'll see Pam's take on the whole death and controversy surrounding Bishop Eddie Long. So I'm going to share one more story from the Crazy Chronicles before we sign off today's show. And I read this past week about an article shared in the Miss Lou magazine and the Natchez Sun Express in which the publisher, Peter Rinaldi, called for black youth in Natchez, Mississippi, who are involved in games to meet up at a local park and murder each other for the entertainment of others. And I was sitting here like, is this from the Hunger Games? What is he talking about? And he is quoted as saying, as the population becomes more demographically poor, uneducated, unskilled, and dominantly African-American, 
the number of shootings have gone through the roof. So I'm going to stop right there and say that, in my opinion, he's alluding to the fact that if you're poor, uneducated, and unskilled, which isn't often a choice, He's acting like, you know, people go around and make a decision to live in that type of demographic or circumstance. But if you happen to have fallen in that, that that's contributing to the number of shootings. And he referred to some recent shootings that resulted in two deaths in which he said that the murders may have been a good thing if they got rid of gangbangers. And then this nut suggested what he calls a gangbangers rodeo in which black youth and gangs are supposed to come to a park and shoot it out. So what the entire hell is he thinking? So now, I mean, we're going to encourage the way we used to kill each other instead of initiating programs to steer them toward a better direction. I don't understand how a person like this is allowed to publish things. Now, he's getting a lot of backlash, but this just goes to the minds and the hearts of people. We just happen to hear from him, but there are probably others that feel the same way that would have this gangbangers rodeo. I'm saying, who who would think of such a thing? He's targeting, like you said, a group of young people who, for some of them, may not necessarily have a choice. Now, do right. I necessarily advocate gang violence or gang affiliation? No, not at all. But to to ask them or to encourage them to come to a public place and pretty much kill each other for sport. Well, my fear is this, that we often mislabel people. We have to, and we talked about a story earlier today where someone was mislabeled. He was accused of stealing a car that was his. We're talking about a, P, a PhD student. And so my fear is that you look at a young African-American male, and obviously you have biased opinions, and would call them a gangbanger, and maybe they have, they don't even deserve that title. But regardless, I think this man is off his rocker, and him and his gangbang radio, rodeo, or whatever it is, well, I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm just wanting to let the listeners know about some of the nuts that we have circulating here, um, out in society, and this particular nut is in Natchez, Mississippi, so if you go that way, uh, you can look for Mr. Peter Rinaldi and his publications and, and see what's going on with him. So if you would like to share your thoughts and opinions, again, call 865-409-1170. We'd love to hear from you. And I guess that's it for this bit. I can't wait to hear what the two of you have to say next week. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it. All right, now. If you would like to share your thoughts and opinions, call 865-409-1170. We would love to hear from you. And we're still welcoming submissions for T's Top Teens or Hometown Heroes. If you're a rising artist or no one, let us feature your music. If you have a business or product you would like for us to spotlight during the show, let us know. We will be testing retail locations, restaurants, and products to bring our listeners feedback for consumers. Look for things that are T-endorsed. That means they were tested and proven to be of quality with our highest regards and recommendations. Now, 
Don't send us any recommendations or suggestions for some products that you know are subpar. We will be telling the truth and sharing our honest opinions with our listeners. We have a lot in store for you in 2017, so continue to stay tuned as we continue to bring you nothing less than our best. Well, once again, we've come to the end, but stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Remember, you can listen to Talking With T anytime on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or Google Music, and new shows will continue to drop each Monday. In the meantime and in between time, subscribe to Talking With T Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Remember where you heard the word and keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking with Teeth.